Hey, good morning, Eastern Oregon, and welcome to this January 11th version of AM Live on EOA. Your connection to Eastern Oregon, and we're on the EOA network. Yep. Hey, how so, are you, man? The days are just flying by already. I was just <laughs> thinking about that. It's, it's crazy. It's first Friday. We're already at the second first Friday of the year. I know it. It was. I was looking at the calendar yesterday and making plans for the spring and stuff. And yeah, it's just, you know how it is. It's just going to click by. I was praying for spring yesterday. Were you? Yeah. Man, it's been miserable, it's isn't it? crap. Yeah. It, I saw somewhere, and we'll talk about it more during weather, but it's like going to be like three days of like, yeah, of us get freezing. Yeah. Basically, like really cold. Yeah. I'm not excited about that. There, uh, on our social media the other day, we, we so... Let me explain this to everybody real fast. So I'm going to go on a little rant. And, and I don't do it too often, but this one, this one is justified and, and because it challenged our, our integrity, my integrity, actually. Um, we, all we do is share the high school games, the, the basketball games. We don't go up there and film th those games. There's a camera that's mounted that follows the players around. Well, that camera has a timer on it, and it's four hours, right? I think I believe it's four hours. So when they start the stream up there, it times out after four hours. Uh -huh. So if somebody doesn't go and reset that in between the boys and the girls game, then it times out during the game. Well, there was a comment on, on our social media about us packing our cameras up and going home because <laughs> LeGrand was getting beat. And it was like, it was bad. It was like 39 to 8 and a half or something, but... But we would, A, we would never, ever, ever do that, first off. If we were contracted to stream a game, we would stay regardless of the score. Yeah. We were not contracted. All we did was share the high schools. I even went the extra step and texted Goodman to tell him that it had yeah. timed, timed out, out to right. try to get the stream started back up. B, I'm a fan of Baker. Like I, Their coach is my friend. I text him regularly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wouldn't just cut it off because they're kicking our butt. And somebody <laughs> challenged that on, on uh, Facebook. And so, I, I mean, I, I, told, I gave him the address and the phone number. And I told him we could talk about the mission statement and what, what we do here if, if he really wanted to, to challenge the integrity of, of what we do. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it, it's like, come on, man. Really? Like, you really think we would do that? No. That's what big networks do. If a team's blowing a team out, they'll switch to another game because nobody wants to see it. But we, <laughs> if we're getting paid to stream the game, we're streaming the game. Yeah. I don't care what the score well, is. Well, and we have done basketball in the past, like had a crew there and showed up and whatever the case might be. you know. And But our sponsors are paying for us to... Do the whole game. Regardless yeah. of the score. Regardless yeah. of the turnout. It's not yeah. like, oh, and he said something about, take your ball and go home to mommy in the comments. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that that really fired me up. I'm like, really, dude? Do you really think that's how this works? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, he was obviously a Baker fan. Yeah. Well, oh. what? Oh, yeah. Maybe so. Yeah, so he hey, yeah. was. I, I think he's from Baker. So I'm I got. Any I, so I got. I got fired up about on, on social media the other day about something. So I, there's this, uh, and every, she's been all over Instagram. There's this 
uh, volleyball, female volleyball player, and she's got crazy height. I, yeah. I sent you the No, thing. Uh, jumps. Yeah. She's not real tall. No. She just but jumps. But Maya yeah. something. Yeah. Anyhow. I've seen her. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she's not, I mean, she, I don't think she's, she's under six foot, but just her jumped, jumping technique is like she puts her, her waist is almost at the top of the net. She's it's got just, hops. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So, anyhow. So, but... The guy who posts this, and I, this is where I got, I engaged this sports, this company, because, like, they hide, they purposely hide her name. They do not put her name in the post. Right. And so you have to dig for it. And, I mean, and so, so I said, I, you know, I mean, I, I commented, like, how come you don't put the name in the post, you know? And, and rather than answer the question, he said, yeah, I've taken this page from, this many to 20,000 to, and clearly whatever he's doing works. And I said, yeah, but you're, you're leeching. You're using somebody else's talent to grow your page. That's 90% of social media. Right. Well, and that, and so, yeah, and that, but it was like, you know, and so we went back and forth. I finally disengaged, but it's like, yeah, do the work. Yeah. I mean, well, and that was the problem. He responded back and like, yeah, but she wouldn't have near the following as what she has. I've grown her following. Like, well, who is her? He never, I mean, in our comments back and forth, he would not mention her hmm. name. That's how it works, though. There's there's people that sit there and make a commentary video about somebody oh, else's know, video. And then there's people that make commentary videos about the commentary videos. Yeah. It's it's like, the, it is the most, but yeah. Or reaction I, videos. We and I guess, I guess I get that now. But, and I mean, in... And making a reaction video, you know, I mean, that's pretty clearly like you're using somebody else's content. But this is, this, this is more veiled, and that was the problem yeah. that I had. It's like, <laughs> do the funny. work, man. You know. <laughs> well, all righty. Well, hey, so speaking Let's of sports, why don't you do sports? Do it. All right. AM Sports Report brought to you by Hobby Habit here in LeGrand. 411 First Street. They have everything you need for whatever hobby you have. I mean, they got Traxxas RC cars. They have Magic the Gathering. They have Kandamas. They have STEM supplies for your kid. They have everything. I mean, it's awesome in there. Joe and his team, Hobby Habit, just for the fun of it. Uh, the LHS Girls Wrestling went to the Raleigh Lane Tournament this last weekend. They placed third out of 73 teams. They had three top five finishers with two girls finishing in fifth and one girl taking home second place i i didn't get names but uh i was asked to give them a shout out and one of the things that that i struggle with is the schedules and i'll tell you guys this again if if it's not on their schedule it's really hard for me to know where people are at you know what i mean like i get a schedule i pay attention to osaa schedules if I don't, if it's not on there, I have no clue. The boys' basketball team lost to Baker on Tuesday night, 68-31. to 31. They played tonight at home versus McLaughlin at 7.30. The girls' team also lost to Baker in their GOL home opener, 48-39. to 39. They travel to Fruitland tomorrow. That game will tip off at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Tonight at Quinn at 6 p.m., it's EOU Men's and Women's Wrestling Senior Night. They're going to honor the seniors uh, against Big Bend Community College. So if you have a chance to get up there and support Mountie Wrestling, do it. Th that team is awesome. 
Coach Azure and uh, Coach Carballa have, have them rolling, and they're both top 25 teams, and they're fun to watch. They're, they're tough. And not to mention, if you're from LaGrande or this area, there's a lot of LaGrande kids involved. I mean, you got Braden Carson, you got Parker Robinson, you got various others, Josh Collins, uh, Delia Golzo. There's a lot of LaGrande kids involved in EOU wrestling, and that tradition is going to continue with them recently signing uh, Kai Carson. That's the morning sports report brought to you by Happy Habit, just for the fun of it. All righty. Um, well, let's look outside. Let's check it out. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah, I was. I mean, overnight it dumped another ooh. inch or two. Yeah, so it's just we're in the midst of it. I was. I walked to work today because it, it wasn't bad out. Yeah. And uh, and my car's got about this much snow on it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Chachis, who works for the city, he was out, uh, plowing on the four wheeler. He goes and cleans up, Yeah. you know, he takes the four wheeler and cleans up the piles and stuff. And we stopped and talked for a while and it's going it, to, it, I mean, one, once we see this forecast, you're going to see that the weather's not going to get better for yeah. a while. No, it's getting get. Let's take a look at that. It's going to get cold and more snow. Yeah. Uh, Th 13 th degrees. The yeah. Minus four <laughs> is the low. Minus four tomorrow. Minus four. That's, it'll be chilly. Yeah, you feel that. So, Minus yeah. four, six, and zero are the next three nights after yeah. tonight. So it means this. I mean, when it gets colder, the snow normally slows down. Um, but it means it's going to be around for a while. It's not going to stick and go like what we have the pleasure of it doing sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, when we come back from break, she's the founder and executive executive director of You Play Disc Golf. She's a professional disc golfer. She's a LeGrand native, Zoe Andike, right after we get back. Eastern Oregon is full of interesting people with interesting minds and interesting things to say. Here at EO Live, we're committed to connecting you to these intriguing people with EO Talks. We let our special guests share their ideas and life experiences with deep, open, engaging, and inquisitive conversations. You'll also be informed in depth on some of the most recent and relevant events, issues, and more. EO Talks on EO Live, your connection to Eastern Oregon, now on Roku. Welcome back, um, AM Live on EO Live. We are joined by, she's a friend of mine. We've known each other for over 20 years. Um, she's the executive director and founder of Uplay Disc Golf. She's a professional disc golfer, and she's a grand native, like I said, Zoe Andike. Zoe, how are you? Um, great. Thanks for having me on. It feels good to be uh, on a show in my hometown. Yeah, right. Um, we, we met up. Uh, it's been over two years ago now. Can you believe that? When you came to LaGrande to teach disc golf. 
I was looking How at special. pictures of it this morning, and and yeah, it's been over two years. So so talk a little bit about growing up in Lagrand and how how you know like your childhood and and where you come from. Well, um, you know, growing up in Lagrand was awesome. Small town. You got the mountains. You've got just about anything you need for for outdoor fun and recreation and. Uh, I actually grew up in the mountains up above Legrand. Some of you guys, if you're heading, you know, down the Island City Strip towards like where Morgan Lake is located, you look up and you see my parents' house. They actually still live there. So I just had like this amazing childhood up in the mountains, 10 minute drive down into town. I could get to LHS, you know, like in under 10 minutes in the morning. And gosh, I just really appreciate my roots. I love everything about Eastern Oregon, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, me, me too. I mean, it, it's it, you ask people around here, especially people that aren't from here that have moved here to go to college or whatever, and the common denominator is they love the area. Yeah, yeah. You can't really find everything that the Grand Ronde Valley has to offer. Uh, really, anywhere. I've, I've been all around the world, especially recently, and I'm always going to come back home to Oregon and then home, home to LaGrande. You know, I just, I, I live over in the, on the West side right now and outside of the Willamette Valley, but it's really special for me to come home to LaGrande always. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about a little bit about um, how you got started in, in disc golf and, and just kind of explain like what, what it was that piqued your interest and then, and then how that journey began. Yeah, well, you know, fascinating enough, I actually found disc golf right there in Legrand. Uh, one of my parents' neighbors set up kind of like a temporary course with what we call tone poles. Uh, disc golf is actually a game where you throw on a disc, or commonly known as a frisbee, into a chain assembly basket. But uh, the course that was kind of private and where I started was right up next to my folks' house off of Morgan Lake Road, and um, Trent a local shop owner, the Bobo Link, he actually was the guy that I consider the father of disc golf in Eastern Oregon. And he showed, uh, he showed pretty much everybody, all, all the friend group, how to play this game. So I started playing right up there in my backyard virtually. And then when I moved to Bend, Oregon for my first PE teaching job was when I actually first played a, a real course on professional equipment. And I was like, whoa, this is a real game and you can compete and there's tournaments and you can go professional. I'm in, I'm in. So this was my later in life sport. You know, I grew up playing volleyball, swimming track. I dabbled in some basketball. Um, I never got to snowboard because of all those sports. So as I turned 21 and moved to Bend, Oregon, I started snowboarding and I started really playing a lot of disc golf. I started looking up tournaments uh, I was like the weekend warrior as an amateur going all over Oregon, Washington, and, and Idaho looking for these disc golf tournaments and really trying to figure it out. And, uh, you know, back in 2012, that's actually when I turned professional. So I found the sport in 2005, GoPro in 2012, told my family and friends I was just going to try the, the disc golf professional tour for one year. Uh, and here I am in 2024, never going to leave the tour, never going to stop crushing and never going to stop trying to be innovative and, um, and sharing and spreading the love of disc golf, because it absolutely is, is where I found my happiness in my place. Nice. We have some uh, pictures to show of you involved in disc golf and in you play, and, and we'll kind of talk about, um, the transition 
What, what, when you were teaching, you know, obviously you had to go to college for that. And, and it's a big, big leap to go from teaching to uh, being a professional disc golfer. Talk about that a little bit. those men that were way better than I am. And so I was like, man, how are kids ever going to learn? And, and how are people ever going to get this knowledge and get this information on how to get into the sport? It's pretty secret. You know, there's like, you got to know somebody that knows how to play and you got to know somebody to, to play with and get better. And I just wanted to change that being a natural coach and teacher. I wanted everybody to experience this happiness that I'm experiencing. So I decided you know, I'm going to continue on this tour, but I need to fulfill something inside of my heart and my, you know, the reason I'm put on earth is to teach and coach. So better start doing it for disc golf. Yeah. Um, with, with disc golf comes you play and we have a quick video that kind of talks about you play. We'll go to that. When we come back, we'll, we'll talk about more about you play. You play disc golf is your passport to teaching and learning the game. Our mission to teach disc golf and make it accessible to everyone worldwide. From Alaska to Africa, Guatemala to Canada and beyond, You Play Disc Golf has spread its wings teaching the love of the game across the globe. Get involved in our movement to make disc golf a universal joy. Explore youplaydiscgolf.org and join us in helping people find flight. All right, why You Play? Um, why the name? Why, why You Play? Oh my gosh, just watching that video, I get so hyped. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Legrand is in there with shots of Juno and Haynes, Alaska, is in there with shots with Guatemala. That video, like, uh, yeah, really cut together well, speaks to my heart. But why you play? Let's talk about the name first. Do you see that underline underneath the U? It stands for Universal Play Disc oh. Golf. So I believe anything, anyone, and everyone in the universe can play. It's the most accessible sport I've ever found. Um, I've taught disc golf to the blind community, to the deaf community, all kinds of um, special needs groups or you know classes like that. And then, of course, it does not discriminate any type of culture, any race. I, I, there's just no group of people disc golf discriminates. So you play is universal play disc golf. It's the best acronym ever. Uh, one of my board members, who's a who's a four-time world champion in our sport, her name is Valerie Jenkins. She actually is the reason we have such a cool name. It actually started off Disc Golf Universal Play, so DGUP, and that acronym kind of sucked. Actually, I, nobody likes D D GUP. You know, like what are you gonna say? So you play Universal Play Disc Golf obviously is better and so we went with it you know right away just starting off strong after we got our letter of determination from the irs back in 2017 so we're about six and a half years old roughly and 
yeah why disc golf i mean i kind of already answered that it's it's for yeah. everybody there, there's literally yeah. nobody that they can't pick up a disc and and just give it a try um you don't have to throw far you don't have to be super athletic i've seen people you know under five feet all the way to six foot five being playing this game uh the youngest person i've ever taught personally was three years old the oh. oldest person 99 and that man still water skied so he was just an anomaly <laughs> wow. and incredible but disc golf is for everyone they use it for rehabilitation they use it for um all kinds of different therapies whether it's you know adult assisted living um old folks home i we've we've put it into some kind of after prison kind of you know assisted halfway house type of programs but you play i mean my my whole thing is teaching children i started off as a high school pe teacher so I was in early days, even as an amateur disc golfer before teaching professional, I was putting this into my free reign of curriculum at the Academy at Sisters. So um, I could, I was starting to figure out early ways to teach all the way back when I was playing amateur. And then, um, you know, all these years later, I'm going to bring out a little prop here. Got a curriculum book out in, it took me two years to write this, but in in 2021, Dustin Keegan, Valerie Jenkins, and myself finally publish the first edition of the You Play Disc Golf Basics curriculum, um, and we put it out for teachers. So it's a pretty awesome book that you would want PE teachers to get their hands off, but then our hands on. Then shortly after having it out, you know, I, I put it into all kinds of schools as we were on our educational teaching tour. And I gathered feedback from not just teachers, but from other touring, top touring professional disc golfers. And in under a year's time, we decided we had to edit it, add to it, make it more robust. And now we have the You Play a Disc Golf second edition curriculum book already out, came out last May. And then at the end of this month, we will have a, an even smaller pared down version for like your local community coach your interested individual that wants to teach themselves disc golf um, and everything, you know, of course, teachers and then students of all ages can use it. So I feel like the book, um, the experience, the tour, the teaching tour that we design every year, you play is doing its job and it's doing its part. The mission was to always make the world a happier, healthier place through using disc golf and it's working and it's nice. awesome. That uh, teaching tour included a stop in La Grande in 2021, late 2021. Um, it was right during COVID. Um, talk about that a little bit. Not the COVID part necessarily. Just what was it like to bring your sport and your passion and your love and this foundation that you founded back to La Grande? Well, you know, I got to I gotta give Eastern Oregon a shout out. In all my sports, everything I ever did and accomplished in, the, in Eastern Oregon – I felt like the community was behind me. They were behind Zoe and Dyke and they were behind all the sports teams I was on. And to actually bring you play in the, this awesome curriculum, you know, it wasn't just me alone that wrote the book. It is my original teachings and designs. And then I had to take it to, you know, some of my, some of my colleagues in the sport that are, that have got bigger accolades than even I do and that have taught in it, but to bring it to LaGrand high school and LaGrand middle school, and to see someone like Bill Waldrop teaching, he's one of the PE teachers there at LHS. Yeah. I believe he's still there, um, you know, and, and Wolcott. To be working side by side with some of my peers that I grew up with, 
and to be doing it in my well it's actually a new gym compared to when i went to school there that's like state-of-the-art Grand high school gym <laughs> but to be in those walls and in that building something you know i had the chills the whole time something felt different to be able to share it with my community and and give back to my community you know the nonprofit is designed to make disc golf free for schools and as a as a pe teacher you know my department i was always told we can't spend money and so to gift disc golf and to show what i've put my life's work into legrand actually was like it's like winning worlds for me you know it's like the ultimate title of teaching yeah. bringing it home <laughs> so zoe i have a i have a question is there and i'm i'm sorry for my ignorance i don't know i mean i i see i agree that the disc golf i mean it throwing a frisbee is age old you know and and it is that is so cool because you're right it brings in a lot of people and and I see some of the social media videos of, you know, people threading a disc golf between trees or something like that, you know. And uh, is, is, is there a division between male and female? And do you, are, you, are, are females able to compete more equally across the board? That's one question. And then, and then how much does conditioning, physical conditioning, contribute to all of that? Because accuracy is this huge part of it also. I'm, I talk about that. I, get, I, don't, I don't know much about any of that. Yeah. So there is a men's division and a women's division. And there is all sorts of divisions that are from amateur all the way up to pro. So let me give you an example. If you're a newer female in the game, you're going to sign up for FA3, which is Females Amateur Recreation Division. Then it goes up to Intermediate. Then you get into Advanced. And then you would move to Pro, FPO, Female Pro Open Division. Uh, the MPO, Men's Pro Open Division, is the kind of like the top of the top, the top dogs, uh, anyone can play that, whether, you know, whether you claim, whether you're a cis-born female, a transgender, any division can sign up for the MPO division, uh, but men cannot sign up for the women's division, which is really cool. <laughs> they throw pretty far <laughs> compared to us. Um, but then there's also age-protected divisions. So we have like all the different juniors categories. And then once you turn 40, which I just did last November, <laughs> you can play the age protected, you know, 40 and above, then it goes 50 and above, and then increments of five years, 55, 60, 65 and beyond. Um, and those are good things because now getting into the physical conditioning, you know, a five year difference once you're getting up there in age can make a huge difference in athletic capabilities. And then if you think about kind of the differences between men and women that I just talked about, Quick example, the world record in the Guinness Book um, for men, the farthest throw is is something like 1,108 feet. Wow. So, you know, more than like three football fields. And uh, and the record for women is just a little over two football fields, uh, just right, right around 600 feet. And I believe those records are going to get broken this year because the kids are just getting crazier and more talented every day. But you ask about conditioning and when you're talking about the top touring professionals, absolutely yes, they've they've got to be doing um, some different things to condition their hinges, you know, stabilizer muscles. We're not talking about being super buffed out or anything like that, because that would actually uh, be a problem. You don't want huge bicep muscles or traps that they would get in the way. Kind of want long muscles, more elongated, like swimming. A swimmer's profile is like. 
ideal for top competitive disc golfers. Um, but you know, your everyday casual user and your everyday kind of family fun game or game with pickup game with friends, you really don't need to do much of anything except for right at the tee pad before you start playing, warm up your muscles like you would for anything, you know, oh. just walk around, do a couple jumping jacks. There's this really fancy uh, and fun warm-up called Disc Golf Strong. I'm actually sponsored by the coach of Disc Golf Strong, and they give you like eight simple, quick movements to warm up before you throw, um, keep you healthy. But, you know, it's it's really a matter of how far are you taking something and, and like how, how hardcore do you want to get into the competitive level. So some of these top men and women on the Disc Golf Pro Tour right now you see them working out four and five days a week and changing their conditioning like mid season. They're almost doing nothing. Whereas on each side of the season, they're doing quite a bit of strength training and, and stabilizer muscle training to prepare them for the season. The season's long in disc golf, you know, we're like February through October. So you have to do something to keep some balance in the body. You know, if, if you're a right-handed thrower, you're, you're left hand and left shoulder, they're going to need something to counterbalance how much reps and movement are happening over here. Yeah. So, um, no, I, it's so cool that you are so passionate about this. What, how did that conversation go with your family when you like <laughs> had, Hey, uh, I think I'm going to do this for a living. I mean, was there, how did that go? Was that, how were they with that? You know, that wasn't something that, that happened quickly with the, the acceptance part of it. Uh, when I told my, my dad, you know, I'm going to quit teaching professionally to chase a disc around the country is essentially kind of what he was looking at. You're going to chase a disc around the country and maybe even the world. What yeah. are you doing? What's the purse? What's the payout for this? I want you to have a salary. You know, I want you to have insurance and healthcare and all this stuff. And, and disc golf wasn't going to provide that back in 2012. I uh, wasn't even going to provide it pre-COVID. And it was it was a lot of hard work and kind of showing my folks, even starting Uplay, they were like, nonprofit, what is this? What are you getting into right now? This seems like a really tough choice, you know, little sister. Are you ready for this? This is, this is going to be a harder, you know, more fulfilling, but a harder way of going about making your, making your money in life to make it happen. But uh, they support me fully at this point. They're they're like the biggest fans of Uplay. They're the biggest fans of me, myself. My folks aren't super techie, but I even got them on the Disc Golf Network. And that is is where I actually do professional commentary as well for the, the Elite Series events. Um, and so, you know, my folks are behind it now. They, they're regular donors every year, every holiday giving season. They, they're donating to Uplay because they've actually seen it in action. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Kyle, but when I was teaching in LeGrand, just like being at an old volleyball game or anything like that in the LHS gym, my mom got permission and she was right there watching every single class. She was especially there when my niece got to come in and play. And, uh, you know, that was that was pretty cool. But, you know, the folks are seriously behind it now. They they see how disc golf is just a little bit different than obviously mainstream, but even some of your knockoff sports, they, they see the, the family of disc golf, like that, that open arm kind of friendship around the world or, or around the country or the state, you meet another disc golfer and not only are they obsessed, but they're going to offer you the shirt off their back, the, the couch that they have. If, if you want to stay and play more, uh, a meal, you, you name 
any spot in the world and the disc golf family and community is so open-armed and giving and loving and and my folks see that and they they see how i've made a life out of this and disc golf has literally taken me so many places i never would have gone um and so they 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 think it's pretty cool now but it Uh, it it took a little while (laughs) yeah um professional disc golf wise what's your 2024 plans oh yeah thanks for asking so I now I'm in a place being 40 years old where I'm balancing um, playing. I'm still playing a little bit. I'm still getting out there on the pro tour, the master's tour, and just here locally with a couple of big events. I'm going to play 10 big events personally this year. But then I commentate for seven of the, the, the most elite level events. And I'm the females professional open division color commentator so really this is my third year doing commentary i love it uh those are huge events and then i'm gonna get to play worlds this year because one of my co-commentators is gonna do the world championships and i'm like yeah that gives me another (laughs) chance to to come back and play i'm excited um but then the teaching tour the you play teaching tour let's talk about that because that's really how i base my entire year and, and my life at this point so the partnership between the disc golf pro tour and you play um, brings us to all 18 stops on the united states elite series events there's 18 stops around the states and what you play does is picks a school or a youth organization if it's like springtime or summertime and we work with the organization um, the directors we bring in top touring professionals we teach disc golf and then we donate all the equipment so that they can continue to enjoy the game in their PE program, or you know, um, if it's a camp or like a YMCA, their their staff will still be able to teach it. Because again, we donate, we leave the curriculum book and then all the necessary equipment. So that's how that program works. If you guys look up Disc Golf Pro Tour, you can kind of see what the Elite Series Tour looks like online. And then our other biggest partner is the Paul Macbeth Foundation, and that that relationship is supported by the professional disc golf association pdga international gives us grant funding to pick you know between two and four trips internationally where the paul Macbeth foundation has built a course we're their educational sustainability partners so we will go and visit these course locations and teach all over the the country the province the state you know all over the area that the course is built within six months to a year of the course installation so that the community has time to get used to disc golf, kind of play it a little bit. And then we bring in you play and all of our coaches to provide this training, you know, and it's, it's cool because we are seeing sustainable efforts. We don't just come in, teach and leave. And then disc golf doesn't happen anymore. We come in, we certify coaches, we do professional development for teachers and professors. And we absolutely know because we keep in touch that the disc golf is still happening. So this year we're going to go to Colombia, and then a revisit to Africa. There's going to be three locations. We went to Uganda and Kenya just this last October, but we'll be hitting up Zambia, a new location in Uganda that touches the Congo. Uh, and then if they're with any luck, we're going to also get over to Ethiopia. There's disc golf there and in Zimbabwe. So we have a five year kind of build out for the African project. Um, and then I'm really excited to announce this. This is a personal, a you play and a 
no, no commentary here, but I'm going to New Zealand. I leave on January 20th and I'll be there for one month teaching disc golf in four different locations once a week. And then Zoe Handyke, the player, gets to play the tour down under. So four, four events in four weekends. And in the middle of that is the New Zealand National Championships. Um, so not only wow. am I coming back out to try my hand at the, you know, the contesting side of it, but I get to work with some of the local Kiwis and some of those local expats down on the ground to, to certify them as coaches. Um, what a cool opportunity. I'm yeah, going to paradise to cool. teach and play. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of the uh, Africa trip, we have a quick video to play. And when we come back, we'll talk about it. One, two, three. And this is your membership dollars hard at work. Thank you so much for the PDGA supporting You Play Disc Golf and Paul McBeth Foundation. Thank you so much. Okay, so the Africa trip, that was this last October. And uh, you reached out to me, and when you did, there was obviously something pulled at your heartstrings about this trip. Talk about it. Well, Africa changed my life, um, personally, and Uplay. Uh, what do I mean by that? Uplay has gone to other countries and all over the U.S. teaching disc golf and doing a great job of providing like one of the most joyful days ever for a child, but. You're talking about really taking it to the next level when we talk about healthier and happier communities. We go to Africa and I mean, I was working on this project for a little over nine months with some of our, what we call project drivers on the ground. And what, what we did in partnership with PMF is established community leaders. So these community leaders aren't necessarily the ones that are teachers or the ones that are responsible for going out there and teaching more of the masses locally. But these community leaders are gonna identify who are the teachers, who are maybe the club or people responsible for bringing people together for community disc golf outside of school. And then who are the people that are going to continue to hold this torch? And then who are the people that are gonna maybe uh, train and compete and try to get into this disc golf worldwide uh, competition. So I, I went to Africa and I realized that you play is way more responsible than, than just teaching disc golf. We're responsible for the, we're responsible for the emotional health, the physical health and kind of the spiritual health of people. If they want to come in and play disc golf, it's so much more than just a game and an outlet to, to get outside and spend some energy. It's like, we're talking community leaders, organizing groups, taking care of leagues, taking care of teachers and schools. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear all of the things I just said, you play is responsible for so much more than just like a fun game. We're helping people come together and we're helping people feel that like badge of responsibility and taking up that leadership torch. And it's, we're doing it all through disc golf. So I feel like Africa really opened my eyes. It set me up proper for going to a first world country in New Zealand and doing the same thing I did there, but doing it even better because we have so much more than just disc golf. We have community leadership through disc golf that we're, we're really pushing. Yeah. What was the, what was the highlight of Africa for you? Oh boy. Or give it a few. Uh, well, I mean, I did go on a safari in both places. So personally, like seeing an an elephant or a giraffe or, you know, an ostrich. In the wild. Within like 
a putter's throw and a, I can throw a putter pretty damn far, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I was actually right next to those animals and that was special, but that was for me personally, um, kind of on a worldwide, like what I wish everyone could see scale. I saw a community and a culture, multiple cultures over there that don't have anything. They don't have anything. And you see kids, children, babies, toddlers, you know, um, teenagers are running around these kind of dirt roads, these market street, marketplace street areas. And, and they're, they're just kind of hustling and they're trying to survive. Some of them are going to school, but basically as a culture, they don't have anything. And the folks that do have something, they still don't even know all of these amazing things that we enjoy every day. We wake up and we have our espresso machines and our lattes and coffees and you know, those people don't even know what it's like to wake up and have that as an option. And then you talk about, I mean, soccer, they call it obviously football over there, football rules. They've, they uh, put a bunch of trash bags together and wrap it with duct tape. And then now they've got a soccer ball to kick. And I guess the biggest thing is seeing what they don't have and how appreciative they are uh. for just about anything. I mean, they're the most, one of the most hardest working cultures and the most competitive cultures because you oh, get yeah. rewarded in that culture. If you are good in sports talent, you're going to represent that country. You're going to get some scholarships, maybe some tuition paid. Actually, quick story. Uh, you play disc golf ran a PDGA sanctioned tournament, both the first one ever in Uganda and Kenya. And we didn't know this till after the tournament. I really wish the organizers on the ground would have told me, but check this out. Um, for the students attending Deje University, which is where the main Ugandan courses, we didn't know that the dean of the university actually put up this prize, put up this, this huge, if you take first place, 15% off of your tuition, second place, 10%, third place, 5%. So now we're talking about like a lifeline. These, these African players are like, this means everything. This is like a couple months worth of my family's work to put me in school to make something of myself. And I'm going, wow, for the, just this disc golf contest, this makes all the difference in the world. And so if you think about just that little contest and the reward and, and what this new sport of disc golf is doing, they really don't have a lot. And it means something if you're participating and you're, you're working hard to do something outside of just cause trouble, drugs, chaos, you know, like there, there's all kinds of uh, crime happening over there. But it's really special and unique if you, you find an African putting themselves into something uh, whether to compete at or to make their community better, that's more rare. And so I, I just, I saw so much of willing athletic folks wanting something to do and wanting something to like pour them themselves into. It was, it was pretty special. A side note, I know that I, I just kind of strayed a little bit, but I do want to talk about something special that happened in Africa after our visit, the Paul Macbeth visit, and then our visit there's something called the East African Games, which essentially serves as like a few of those Eastern countries Olympics. And um, disc golf has now been officially approved to be the 17th initiative. So we have universities, not just all over Uganda and Kenya, wanting disc golf and wanting to offer, teach, set up a team and play. 
but we we have it looked at now as such an important sport to learn, practice, and become good at because the university system is on board and and turned it into one of those East African Games initiatives. The games only happen every other year, so I I think that the training and like the value of competing and contesting and showing that you can get first, second, or third at one of those initiatives is like everything to that culture. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and what a perfect sport for a third world country. It's, it's very inexpensive. Yep. Disc golf is free. You guys, I mean, of course there's the initial 10, 15, or maybe an expensive premium disc, $20 entry buy-in. And then there's over 15,000 courses in the world that we have uh, publicly registered on UDISC, which UDISC is your app to check out where to play disc golf anywhere. Um, But I would say 95% of those are free. Maybe that number's higher. Private courses are pay to play. And then when you're at the top touring professional level, you're going to be doing pay to play courses. And the most I've ever paid to play a top championship level course is probably $15 a round. Wow. So if you think about golf, yeah, that's a lot more accessible. <laughs> yeah, a lot more. A <laughs> um, couple more questions and then we'll get you out of here. If, if I had some, say like me or anybody um, new to disc golf, what, what are you going to tell me? Brand new. I've never even played one hole in disc golf. Well, first of all, I'm going to ask you if you're ready to have some of the most simple fun of your life. And hopefully you say yes. <laughs> yes. You're ready to have fun. <laughs> hey, who doesn't like having fun? Okay, yeah. they don't. I'm not interested anyways. But so if you're ready to have the most fun of your life, it's so simple. It's so easy. Let's go play. And then I'm going to put a putter in your hand and I'm going to watch you absolutely just turn into like a, a toddler, just a giddy little kid spinning a disc <laughs> at a target. And that's all it is. We're just spinning a disc at a target. And then I'd follow you around and, and, you know, walk around and give you some techniques about throwing it flat and straight. But I think that the biggest thing is all I have to do is put a disc in your hand, tell you to spin it, and then watch you just have the most joy feeling successful spinning it at a target meaning a basket. It does it for, I don't have to do anything else then. I just watch you completely get overtaken by the joy of throwing a disc and, and how awesome. successful you feel throwing it at a target. It's, nice. it's like a cheat code to life. You know, playing disc golf is, is going to give you instant happiness no matter who you are. I love that. Um, and then lastly, um, if somebody wants more information or wants to help out, donate uh, with Uplay, how, how do they do that? Thank you so much for asking, Kyle. It's uplaydiscgolf.org, the letter U, P-L-A-Y, disc is spelled with a C, D-I-S-C, golf.org. You can get on there and donate. You can get on there if you don't have resources to donate and fill out a volunteer form. You know, people all over the world are donating their time by helping you play, whether you're a content creator, a graphic designer, some people love fundraising, nonprofits and specifically you play completely, completely rely on fundraisers and angel donors. And then we just get this, you know, the small granting from the PDGA DGPT each year. But if you guys like the idea 
of people being happy and joyful <laughs> or for for you play to provide joyful experiences to children we've even revived so many teachers and adults get on to youplaydiscgolf.org and make a donation or fill out a volunteer form follow us too instagram and facebook alike is at youplaydiscgolf if nice. uh, if you want to be part of the good news club make sure to follow us love it uh before we go Levi uh, Edvilson's watching, and he has a comment. He says, love seeing your enthusiasm. You're amazing. Uh, thank you, Levy. And I can't wait to get back to Eastern Oregon. I'm looking forward to every time I come to town, I want to try to set up a little clinic, whether it's at the EOU course or down at the Bobo Link doing kind of a book signing or in-store disc signing. Um, I'll never forget all the love I have for Eastern Oregon, and I plan to share everything I can with my valley every time I'm home. Awesome. Well, we sure appreciate you joining us and yeah, uh, keep tearing it up. Yeah. But, I mean, thank you. And thank you for your passion. Thanks for just, yeah. And I was, I was thinking that I'm, I'm sure that when you're playing, especially somebody new, you're training, I mean, while they're with, while they're throwing, while they're spinning, is that what you call it? Yeah. That's all they're thinking about. They're not thinking about how depressed they are or what's going on or yeah. I mean all their you know, you know, they're just so that and and man, we need we need more things like that in our lives where we're just thinking about the here and now and what's going on. So Yeah. Being mindful in nature and yeah. having fun doing it. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. Well, thank you so much. We yeah, really thanks for it. having me on so much, you guys. Looking forward to, you know, coming back anytime. And maybe at the end of the year, I can give you guys a little recap about Columbia, the secondary Africa trip, and and just yeah. how many more people were hooking on joy love it. and yeah. health. Yeah, yeah. and if you're it. here in town, we'd love to have you in person in the studio. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. We'll make it cool. happen. All right. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. You want to get us out of here? Yeah, let's get us out. On this day, which is the 11th of January, 1759, the first American life insurance company is incorporated in Philadelphia. So, and it was called First American Life Insurance. 1759, they had life insurance in America. Isn't that crazy? So, who yeah, thought that I don't, up? Well, and, and you wonder about the survivability of life in 1859. 1759. 1759, yes. yeah. yeah. 1838, the first public demonstration of telegraph messages sent using dots and dashes at Speedwell Ironworks in Morristown, New Jersey, which is also called... Morse Code. Yeah, yeah. by Samuel Morse and Alfred yeah. Vail. Huh. 1913, the first sedan-type car, the Hudson, goes on display at the 13th Auto Show in New York City. Huh. And then we'll just jump all the way to 2007 because nothing happened between 1913 and 2007. <laughs> Author J.K. Rowling finishes the seventh and last Harry Potter novel in room 552 of the Balmoral Hotel in Edinburgh. Hmm. So the, seven, the very last Harry Potter book. 2024, which is today. This just was released today. This okay. happened today. They, they published this today. A new study finds that the largest great, great ape, giant Topopithecus blackie, was 10 feet tall from southern China, went extinct because of climate change between 215,000 and 295,000 years ago. 
This thing was 10 feet tall, and they have proof of it. That's wow. big. That Could you imagine seeing an ape that was 10 feet tall? <laughs> no. No. I mean, even reg- ones today are intimidatingly yeah. large. Right, yeah. 10 feet? Yeah, that's Ooh, crazy. No. The number one movie on this day in 2004 was Lord of the Rings, Fellowship mm. of the Ring. Mm. Quote of the day comes from George Burns. And he says, you can't help getting older, but you don't have to get old. <laughs> right? That's true. You can't help getting older, but you don't have to get old. Yeah. Once again, uh, thank you to Zoe and I. You played disc golf. What an awesome story. I, I love these uh, heartfelt, like, local people that I grew up with that are making positive impacts mm-hmm. in the world, in, in their community. And and Zoe's one of those stories. I mean, she's just she's she's amazing. Right? She's doing great yeah, things. Well, and just to see her face light up as she talks Loves about it. Loves it. Passionate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I can I mean I'll I can just see her with a group of youth. Oh. I mean, I bet she's just like I have crazy. seen her with a group right. of youth. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, just crazy effective. Yeah. Yeah. She when she was up at the high school. We went and filmed. I had her on the show. I made a video of yeah, and took a bunch of pictures. And, and she's just great with the kids. Her and Dustin, they work together really well. And this whole Uplay thing is just, I mean, it's opening up doors for people that, look, I mean, she's putting discs in kids' hands in Africa, for crying out yeah. loud. It's awesome. How fun is that? Yeah. Amazing. All right. Hey, thank you, Eastern Oregon. Thanks for being with us. Uh, We'll see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep, right here.